Greetings, I'm Laura Puccia Valtorta. Welcome to a new episode of my podcast, B is for Bisexual, Season 2, Episode 6. This story is called Apparition because we're talking about a ghost. This story is about a small farm in northern New York State around the area where I grew up near Watertown, New York, and Syracuse. Reading with me today are my son, Dante. Hello. And my husband, Marco. Buongiorno. I am an attorney and a content creator. My films include Bermuda, a feature-length comedy, Disability, and the Disease Detective series, available on Amazon and the Tubi channel, also other channels. A shout-out to listeners in South Carolina Georgia, Germany, England, and California. Dear listener, at the end of this episode, I will tell you something I'm very excited about. And now, the short story, Apparition. After Dr. Maria left, taking five-year-old Domenica with her, Alberto Castro thought about selling his 1844 farmhouse, but he couldn't. The small, cozy rooms he had refurbished himself, the land, and the snowy solitude held him stuck in place, like a snow globe. Also, the cows. He was an accountant by profession, but he raised dairy replacers, Brown, Swiss, and Holstein, for extra cash. The cows had strong heads and sleepy eyes. Life was simple. The drive to Syracuse took about 40 minutes, but he only went there once a week to manage the books for a sheetrock manufacturer and a small clinic. The accounting work at home by computer took about four hours for the entire week. It was amazing that they paid him so much to sort out dollars and cents. The rest of the time he spent walking the fields, hanging out with the cows. There were a couple of chickens and a cat in the barn, too. The cat's name was Winifred, named after his mother. He mucked out the barn, fed the cat, gathered the eggs, took walks in the woods, and ran his hands along the rough granite outer walls of his house, nicknamed Castello Castro and tended the fireplace and dusted the bookshelves in the interior, which he had remodeled entirely by hand. That took a year with help from friends. There were two modern bathrooms and a small, efficient kitchen with an electric stove. At Maria's new house, where she lived with the debonair Dr. Garam as a second wife, they had a glass stove, which Al thought was dangerous. It smelled really bad. Domenica, their daughter, came to stay with Al every other weekend. He picked her up Saturday morning and returned her Sunday night. But to Al, she was a strange girl, preferring to read books or watch her computer. She wasn't interested in the animals or the woods. So Al thought about selling his castello and living in a smaller townhouse. But he couldn't because he loved it too much. Then COVID hit and Alberto was by himself most of the time. The sheetrock people sent him their receipts and expenses by email. 
He was sort of afraid to go there after the incident anyway. The clinic swamped in a perpetual state of crisis. So Al still went to see them in person, but they handed him the paperwork through the mail slot. They shoved it at him. He wasn't allowed to walk inside. His ex, Dr. Maria, still allowed him to take Domenica every other weekend, but all his daughter wanted to talk about was crayons and Peppa Pig. His cat, Winifred, was better company. Nine months went by and it was January 2021. Alberto found himself feeling alone. His parents were both dead. He missed the sheetrock guys, Bob and Ernie, the noisy factory where they built and cut the product, and the way before COVID and before the incident. They took him out to a bar for coffee and cheesy fries whenever he picked up the receipts and expenses. When he had renovated the Castello, they had given him the sheetrock for free. After receiving the email with the sheetrock statements one Wednesday, that had been his old day for driving into Syracuse, he slumped into his chair and tired even though it was only 1 p.m. The two hours of work ahead of him seemed like too much. He decided to take a walk and visit the cows. Before going outside, he noticed a horse and carriage drawn artistically in pencil on the wall. Domenica couldn't have drawn that. And Alberto never picked up a pencil except to write numbers or a grocery list. He walked outside, puzzled. The air was bright and frigid. Instead of sleeping on her cat bed, Winifred was pacing back and forth in the barn. Winnie, what's the matter? He said, petting her. Winifred meowed. Meow. In the corner of the barn office, where Winifred lived, a man was sitting on the chair. Oh, Jesus, said Alberto, jumping back. Who are you? The man stood up and held out his hand. He was wearing an old-fashioned loose work shirt and strange leather boots with laces. His skin was brown and his head was shaved. I uh, am Frederick Hay, he said, stepping closer with his hands outstretched. I used to work here back in the day. You know, I'm traveling to Canada in case there's trouble with the law. Want to look at it before planting time. What law? Alberto thought he was hallucinating. You must be lost. I live here in my farmhouse. I own it. I call it Castello Castro. I don't know about a castle, said Frederick. That is a farmhouse, my good sir. And I built it with my own two hands. With some friend's help. Back in 45. The man's smile was friendly, and Alberto found himself smiling back. You must mean in 1995 you did some remodeling. Frederick looked at him. Alberto thought the man was crazy. I bought this house and barn and six years ago from Homer Scott. I don't use all the 150 acres, just a few to graze some cattle. I built that house, said Frederick, pointing outside. But this here is a new barn and built badly, too. The cows will get sick from their own breath. Lately, Alberto's cattle had been catching colds and pneumonia, and he was paying a lot of veterinary bills that seemed to eat into his savings. Now that he was paying so much child support, he needed to save more money. Can you fix it? Alberto thought this guy 
Frederick must be insane, maybe a reenactor, but maybe he could get his barn fixed before calling the police. He certainly couldn't turn him out into the cold. It was snowing now and the temperature was below zero. Frederick grabbed a hammer and punched a hole in the wall. Then he moved to the opposite wall and punched another hole. The cows moved. Hey, said Alberto. That should fix it. Cows need air just like the rest of us. <laughs> Alberto looked at Frederick and believed him. There was no question or hesitation with this guy. Crazy or not, he knew what he was doing. He was an expert on carpentry and cattle. Come inside the house, said Alberto, after I feed the cows. He broke up a bale of hay for the cows and distributed it in front of the stalls. The cows, Betty, Bertha, Hazel, and Marge, seemed as perplexed as he was. They set about munching their hay, keeping one eye on Frederick, who stood in the doorway petting the cat. Nice cat, said Frederick. Black cats are lucky. They trudged through the snow to the house. They stepped inside the back door that led to the mudroom and kitchen. Holy Moses, said Frederick. Somebody changed everything. I did, said Alberto. Better than the barn, said Frederick. Is the parlor still here? Alberto led Frederick to the parlor and pointed to the picture of the horse and carriage. Frederick ignored the drawing and stared at the laptop computer and the cable, plugging it into the wall. What is this silver box here? It's the work of the devil, said Alberto. He had already decided he was dreaming and that Frederick was a trick of his mind. It's a computer. I do my ledgers on it. Frederick examined the house and then stared at Alberto. His eyes narrowed. Where is your family? It seems like every time I come to visit, somebody's living alone. Maybe all their family died or their woman ran off with the butcher. And it's snowing. My wife moved out, said Alberto. She took my daughter, who's called Domenica. We call her that because she was born on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I get it, said Frederick. You're Italian. So many of you here now. I studied Latin in school. Was she also born in the camp? <laughs> Funny, said Alberto. He had studied Latin, too. Da, 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 da. Frederick stayed around, uninvited, for the next two days, chattering on and on about farming methods, the cat's magical powers, and the best way to harvest hay to avoid rainfall. Now, hay, I know all about hay, he said. That's why my name is Hay, Frederick Hay. <laughs> they should call you Sir Toxalot, said Alberto. Frederick noted that it was too snowy to get to Canada right away. He ate nothing. He slept in the parlor. He helped Alberto feed the cows and muck out the stalls. Alberto did not feel afraid, which surprised him, because Frederick was probably a ghost or some kind of spirit. But after all, he, Alberto, had survived a divorce in family court. There weren't many things worse than that. On Saturday, Dr. Maria brought Domenica to visit. She stood at the front door, frowning and jittery, and said she, said she had to work an extra day at the clinic. There's a crisis. It's terrible. I couldn't wait for you to show up, and late as usual. She shoved Domenica into the house. 
and the girl was carrying a backpack and wearing a hat with bunny ears that made her bushy curly hair stick out at the sides. Bye, have a nice visit. Alberto was glad that Maria left in a hurry. The original reason for the breakup was that she'd caught him at home in a bathrobe after having sex with Bob and Ernie following a particularly long lunch at the Irish pub in Syracuse, three beers. It wasn't the alcohol. He'd wanted to invite the men over for months, he told Maria when she was at work. Rage followed, broken dishes. She might not have been ecstatic to see Frederick in the house if she could see him at all. Daddy, who's that man? asked Domenica, pointing at Frederick, who was sitting on the couch in the parlor as Domenica laid out her crayons and paper on the computer desk. Mr. Frederick, said Alberto. He used to live here. He's our secret guest. Frederick stuck up, stood up. Well, not only that, but I built this house for Homer Scott. I live in Baldwinsville with my family, young lady. You know about that town? Domenica shook her head, her mouth hanging open. If you're bald, you win. That's why they call it Baldwinsville. We all shave our heads and wear a lot of hats, and then we win. We're so bald, we win. Baldwinsville. <laughs> Frederick pointed to his own bald head. Dominica stared. What about the girls? They're bald too, and very beautiful. Dominica got very serious. I want to shave off my hair. It hurts when Mommy combs it. Maybe if your father says so. First, you have to draw a picture of that. You with your head shaved. Frederick pointed. On that wall. Domenica picked up a red crayon, but Frederick stopped her. No, start here with one of your pencils. It's whittled down as sharp as a pin. With the two of them engaged in drawing, their faces close to the wall, Domenica's tongue hanging out, Alberto went to the kitchen to fix some sandwiches. Kids were always hungry. He also wanted to see Frederick eat something. Maybe ghosts didn't eat. He fixed three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches using sourdough bread and thought about his electric razor upstairs. Domenica's hair was too long and big and smelly. It was wrong to force a five-year-old kid to wear it long and big like a supermodel. He'd always wanted to cut it. And Maria made her wear some stupid dresses for running through the cornfields in the summer when what she really needed were jeans or shorts. He returned to the parlor with a plate of sandwiches and pickles. Domenica grabbed a sandwich and started eating. Soon there was a peanut butter smile on her face. What is that dirt on your face? Asked Frederick, pointing at her. It's peanut butter. What's that? Why don't you try some? Said Alberto. It's just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Frederick shook his head. Oh, I'm not hungry. I ate plenty before leaving home. Alberto took Domenica into the upstairs bathroom to wash her face. Hey! He shouted at Frederick. I think we should cut our hair. Yes, squealed Domenica. I want to live in Baldwinsville. Her mama might get mad, said Frederick. Maybe so, but Domenica is my daughter too. He took out the hair clippers and stared at Domenica and himself in the big mirror. She was smiling. Her dark curly hair was beautiful, but too heavy. 
Hey Dom honey, let's not shave it all off. Let's cut it into a new style. I saw something on television. Dominica nodded. Alberto had seen a funny commercial about peanut butter, a young woman and a giant squirrel. The woman eating peanut butter in the park did not want to share the peanut butter with the squirrel. She had a free-flowing hairstyle parted in the middle that made her look badass. Alberto could see it on Dominica. He just needed to remove some of the length, shape it, and then work in a side part. The kitchen scissors would work and then some finesse with the clippers. Alberto got to work, feeling like a professional barber. Domenica's new style, shaped into a curly ball, looked fantastic. He finished the look by parting it on one side and sticking on a bow from his Christmas decorations. Daddy, I love it! For the first time since the separation, Domenica turned around and hugged her father. Do, 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 do. When they went downstairs, Frederick was gone. Must be he left for Canada, said Alberto. Look, the sky's clearing up. Most people drive a car to Canada, Alberto shrugged. Father and daughter went outside for a walk. The bunny hat fits much better on Dominica's head over her new fashionable hairstyle, and the snow was beginning to melt. They walked around the back of the house toward the trees, where they heard a woodpecker hammering a dying tree. They do that to find some bugs to eat. Near the road, they could hear the strange sound of a woodpecker hammering a metal street light. They do that because they're stupid, said Alberto. Domenica laughed. Ha 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 ha! Birds can't be stupid! Just because they're birds, honey, doesn't mean they're always smart. Not every one of them. With geese, the smartest one leads the flock. Mommy says birds are just birds. Your mother has a lot of important work to do. Talk about birds with me. Walking back toward the house, Domenica pointed toward the edge of the weeds. Daddy, what are those blocks? Three old headstones peeped above the snow, just where the lawn met the woods. Father and daughter trudged over. I don't know said Alberto. Looks like gravestones. Maybe some dead people are buried here. Who are they? Are any of them children? Mommy saw a young girl die. I heard her talking about it with Srihari. Snow and dirt had almost covered the headstones. They couldn't read any of the names. Looks like we'll have to dig down a few inches to see where it was. But we won't dig too far. We don't want to disturb the bodies. Domenica looked at her father. Daddy, I want to dig down so we can see the names. Me too. Once the ground thaws, when it's spring. Do, 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 do. The end. A new episode of the Disease Detective series, this one about strokes and aphasia, will premiere soon on the Amazon channel. The name of the film is The Disease Detective Looks at Aphasia. It's 45 minutes long, and I'm very proud of it. The first two episodes of the Disease Detective series are on the Amazon channel and on the Tubi channel. That's www.tubitv.com. Ciao until next time, and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye.